So what are we going to call it? Well, it's just a mother and daughter talking. Just a mother and daughter talking. Yeah. I like it. for days and days and days. What? Sitting is the opposite of standing. When did you first hear that? Sitting is the opposite of running around. Sitting <laughs> is a wonderful thing. Okay, so you've been singing that for a few because days. Sitting <laughs> is the opposite of standing on your head. Sitting is the opposite of hanging from a barbell. Sitting is a wonderful thing to do. Yeah. You're, stuck in my head. Yeah, you're really good at it, though. I, mean, I love it you, so much. Yeah, you've got it down. And I love the, like, accent that he does. Because I, I do think he's Hispanic, but, like, he doesn't have an accent in his daily life. Yeah. But when he's singing that song, he, like, puts it on real thick. And just fabulous. He's gone totally viral. Brian Jordan Alvarez, he's gone totally viral. Like, people are remixing it. He's, like, playing on radio stations. <laughs> people love it okay so sitting is the opposite of standing it's been stuck in my head for days i i go to bed it's called night. an earworm I go to bed at night singing it i wake up in the morning i sing it we were riding bikes yesterday i was singing, singing it. we were riding yeah. a bike oh my god it is stuck in my head so bad but i love it i'm not upset about it well uh, so this is something that i find super interesting at this phase in my life like being old you know i'm kind of old at this point yeah. And so I don't, I still don't totally get the concept of going viral. I mean, I, I understand broadly that you create something on social media and then all of a sudden, is it millions of people? Oh my people? God, millions. Yeah. So what is the, is there a definition? I need to know the well, the vernacular. Like I is, once posted a TikTok that got 1,600 views and I felt that I went viral. Is that viral? Is 1,600 no. viral? No. Okay. Absolutely not. I think you've got to kind of hit a million before you're considered So viral. once you hit a million and it's just views, it's well, not really, downloads or yeah, it's just views. Right. Yeah. Downloads are like nothing anymore. Okay. Um, I mean, it kind of depends, I think, like on to go like viral on like Instagram. I think it's hundreds of thousands. On like YouTube, I think it might only be like tens of thousands, but like on TikTok, where there's like literally every single person on the planet has a TikTok account. Yeah. Um, it, I think it's millions, so it's different by platform by platform. Um, so, anyways, the song has been stuck in my head, and I just I had to sing it. I had to put it out there because it's been stuck in my head. But this is our first episode of our podcast. I mean, official because we've done oh my god several, and she's annoyed at me at this point. The people so. don't need to know. Okay. They don't need All to right. know how the sausage is made. All right. Well, All right. I'm just saying we've we've practiced. So this one better be fucking perfect. All right. Now you're now you're angry. I you I'm were so annoyed. Yeah. Why? Because don't you think don't you think that there's see this is a fundamental difference between you and I, and I think it's generational. Hear me out. All right. All right. I expect to work hard for something that is gonna in any way make sense or be productive or the point of a podcast though is not to work hard at least not the kind of podcast we're doing we're not trying to be andrew huberman we're not trying to have a lab at stanford and study and talk about it, even though his podcast is not affiliated with his research lab at standard or at stanford we know this it's in an effort we to provide to podcast, right and to provide you know what is it consumable information to the masses or some right. shit um no not some shit i'm in love with him by the way yeah me too yeah um i noticed the other day that like in he always wears that black you know steve jobs whatever shirt yeah, and i noticed the hard. other day that it was like pulled up a little bit and i noticed there was like a tattoo and i was like 
damn, he's tatted up too. It's the only thing that I'm not. Which a fan you're not of. into it, but I am super into it. Yeah, not Should... into the tattoos. Can we tell the people who we are? Yeah, I, I mean, go. I'm. Um, my name is Anne. Anne. I'm her mom, and I live in Florida. Mm-hmm. I'm a surgery center administrator. I've been in healthcare for a very long time at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, on the business side of healthcare, that's what I do. As Patrick Mahomes would say, we'll talk about him later. It's what I do. 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 Love him. Um, and I love what I do. But that's what I do for work. I also am a dog mom and a human mom of one. That is a job that I take very seriously. I saw this TikTok the other day. You need TikTok. I know, like, you think China's spying on you or something. No, I don't think China's spying <laughs> on me, but I, I mean, they are, but who cares? Right. TikTok is great. I'm a so little concerned about that microphone plugged into my phone right now. I'm not sure they can get my bank records when you plug stuff in my phone, but okay, if you say I'm good. I saw this TikTok the other day, and it was like, how fucked up is your family? Does your mom call her dogs your siblings? Yes. A hundred percent. That's my brother and sister right there. Yeah, a hundred percent. But the wrong. comments were so funny. The comments were Oh, I were wish like, we could show them. They're so cute right now. They're like sitting nicely looking at me. Don't, don't, don't look them. at them. Yeah, don't they're talk to them. Right. <laughs> I have um, two dogs. All the comments were so funny. They were like, yeah, we, I call my grandma's dog my uncle and my sister's dog <laughs> is my nephew. <laughs> it's just a bunch of white people. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So. I mean, I get it. Um, yeah, my dog. Yeah, my dog, which is in Seattle. You haven't gotten to that yet. Is one million percent my child. Well, I was so when so I like, was brought up with that um, culture where your animal is your family, treated like your family, inside in your bed. Yeah. Do you think we're going to be able to hear her whining now? Because she's no, now she's won't. whining. We won't Don't hear look at her, her. whining. <laughs> I was going to say they know we're talking about them. Right. So, okay. So, so what else about me? Your name is Anne. Yes. You're a surgery center administrator. Yes. You've been doing that for a long time. You've yes. been in the administrative side of healthcare for a long time. Very long time. What is like one fun fact about you? I have studied positive psychology since. Oh. Um, wow. That's the most fun fact ever. No, positive psychology is fun. <laughs> It is. That's my profession. But I... <laughs> it's super fun. I was thinking more like, a, I've been skydiving 18 times. I've or never, I don't know that I have anything fun like that. Oh, well, we'll have to work on that. Yeah, I'm not... I mean, I don't have a... I have, like, some fun friends. And they then I do some fun things. It's the most fun thing about you is that you have fun friends. Yeah. I love it. And I'm a good follower with the fun friends. Yeah. But I... As a person, what is touching me? Can you move it? Well, I'm having a problem with this whole chair situation because. <laughs> oh, that's better. That's better. Yeah. No, oh, no, it's still touching me. So we're losing people right now. Can we introduce me? Yes. It's all about her. We're only children, both of us, by the way. We've been talking for uh, probably seven minutes at this point, and we haven't even introduced the podcast hosts yet. We've Should got we look at this that. to make sure we like it so we know we're good? No. Okay. I'm not doing it again. Okay. This is this is our last attempt. Aww, if this one's that. not good, I'm not doing it. That is not even nice. You don't understand how many times we've done this. Four or five. That's not a lot. I think this is six for the first episode. All right. Keep going. We're losing people. My name is Danielle. I live in Seattle. 
I'm a life coach. And a fun fact about me, I've never been skydiving, um, but I am a professional wrestling fan. That's always my fun fact because I don't fit, I don't fit the bill, I don't think. Oh, I have something that doesn't fit the bill. I like Howard Stern. People yeah. look, yeah, people look at me and they're like, if I ever say that, they're like, like it's so out of, right, out of character yeah. for me. But, mm -hmm. and let me just say, I have to qualify it a little bit. I don't like, all, like I don't watch his, I don't listen to his interviews or I haven't listened to him in a while. So I don't know what his interviews are, but he did have some crazy stuff like back in the nineties when I listened to him a lot because I was in the car a lot. And I, think I was he, very like, made fun of like disabled people. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, like... I don't listen to that. But what I loved about Howard Stern was how he would just have a vibe with the people that he works with Robin and back in the day, Jackie. And it was, it was very entertaining. It was all very comedic. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I guess that's something that like for you watching wrestling is unusual. I think for me back then it was unusual. And I read a lot of like really like hard sci-fi books too. Like in the future robots. Like I don't just read like Colleen Hoover. In fact, I don't read Colleen Hoover. She sucks. Sorry, book talk. Oh, should we say people suck on our podcast? I don't think that's nice. Mm, book people. Real book people, no, like Colleen Hoover. She's the Lay's potato chip of the book world. Meh. Well, I don't know that we should disparage her. I mean, she's a person trying to make a living. That... And she's doing truly just fine. Okay. Because every basic white woman on the face of the planet has read her books. I don't really look like a basic white woman. You don't. You have tattoos. You're not a basic white. I'm a basic white Three woman. Three whole tattoos. But I feel like I'm very, you know. Yeah, you are. You probably really like Colleen Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that if she's trying to entertain people and that's her purpose, right? I mean, what's your purpose? Maybe she's trying to make the world better, make the average. My purpose in this moment yeah. is to make this podcast. <laughs> what is our podcast about? Have we even mentioned, because this is the sixth try, have we even mentioned how we know each other i think for the people watching this it's pretty obvious especially at this angle hang on look look straight ahead look at these noses you guys it's the same nose yeah we're the same person for yeah. the most part um if i was a brunette or if she was a blonde yeah same person we're the same person so so we're twins so i think the podcast idea came about with my dog is whining. I don't know why. Should I go give him food? No, just ignore her. Okay. I think it's because it's about she's they're thinking that they want. But well, they need to wait. It's okay. Not time. So I think the podcast idea came about maybe four or five months ago. Yeah. And we we're just talking about my next chapter and your positive psychology coaching business and how we're kind of funny sometimes together and you were like we think we, <laughs> we think we are and you were like let's do a podcast together and I said okay well you know we'll try that what can we lose so that's kind of how it came but then we've, we've practiced quite a bit what can we lose truly nothing but time so much time <laughs> we have practiced. I'm not happy with any of the production 
I feel like we need a production, like a manager, several cameras. I would. You know, I watch Rich Roll. He does a very good job. Mom, he has a production team. I get it. Do you ever listen to him at the end of his podcast? Tom Bilyeu? Production team. Do you ever listen to the end of Rich Roll? At the end, he thanks this person and that person and that person and his kids for writing his theme song or whatever the hell, right? Like... I love Rich Roll. Have I mentioned that? He's an inspiration. You know, that dude, he was a lawyer. He was an alcoholic. He was fat. Not terribly fat, but kind of fat. And he decided he was going to do something different. And he like... Yeah, I love his book. I can't see this dog. I love Um, his book, Finding Ultra. Yeah. And it's a great book. Like, I'm... I'm never going to run anything more than like a 5k. That's just not what makes me happy. I exercise every day. Movement's important. Running very much not my thing. But um, so yeah, I never want to be an ultra marathoner, but his book was still so excellent. I really enjoyed it. No, I think, I mean, he's, he in my mind is very inspirational because he really turned his life around and I think he's making a living podcasting now. Yeah, and he's got, you know, everybody has Athletic Greens, which why would they change their name? They AG1. have G1. Right. It's such a following with Athletic Greens. Well, they I don't know. understand they that. Know. People you still call it Athletic Greens, yeah. you know it's AG1. Yeah. So, um speaking of ritual and speaking about how much we love Andrew Huberman, have you heard about this the Huberman husband thing? No. So another thing on TikTok, and I mean, I'm sure it's like in other other corners of the internet, but I saw it on TikTok and this um, woman, and there's a bunch of people who do it, but like I saw this one woman and she was like, you know, you've heard of a this and you heard of a that, but have you heard of a Huberman husband? I'm like, what's a Huberman husband? And she's like, well, I mean, I didn't say that. I thought that because then she talks about it and she goes, every morning we wake up and we walk outside and stare at the sun. And then we come inside and we drink some green powder that Andrew Huberman says is good for us. And then we <laughs> drink this other thing that he also says is good for us, Element, which I do drink. Minerals. Yeah. 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 I haven't um, gotten that yet. But, and, you know, then we then we have to exercise and we have to hit this certain um, cardio Zone two. Zone two. Yeah. And I'm listening to this girl and I'm like, I don't have a Huberman husband. I am a Huberman husband. husband. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Because I do all of that stuff. So I think this, we've talked about what's the podcast about, right? And I think most of it's just us kind of shooting the shit, but we are going to definitely, we do definitely have this wellness slant because that's something that we both really love we're both super passionate well okay so i so so yes and i would also say that it's not limited to one genre of improvement well-being it's wellness i think it's also i think it's all it's all aspects of living your best life yeah so psychologically physically you know, what you do with your time, how you give back financially. We were talking about, should we buy CDs? <laughs> right now, yes. I feel like we should. 5.3 something is what, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's back in the day. Remember when, well, you don't remember because you weren't there, but when I was a little kid, I remember that back in the 70s, that my Aunt Therese, who was the matriarch of our family, she was in the restaurant business and in the seventies she had CDs that would give her so much interest. The interest rates were, I don't know, they were like 12% or some ridiculousness that 
she just lived on the interest of all her CDs. And think of how secure that is. She didn't have to be in the stock market. She didn't have to, you know, have a diversified portfolio like we all think about now. You know, oh, do I have enough REITs? Do I have enough of this? Do I have enough of that? Oh. Um, yeah. So anyhow, that's a little bit of a uh, um, rant I can go on. But yes, living your best life. And I think aspects. we're conscious, we're deliberate, we educate ourselves. We don't get it all right, but we try our best. Like, I feel like, do you feel like there's one area that you can improve on? Like when I look at all of my um, focus and effort in all the different areas, I feel like the one area that I can still improve on is fun. Like you kind of pointed out, like, what's a fun fact about you? I'm like, well, I study public psychology. Like I need more fun in my life. Yeah. 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 I think when, when I think about like the wheel of life, right. And like specifically the one that I use with my clients has like 24 spokes. Like we go through a lot. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen the 24 spoke one. I'd be interested in that. Well, I made it. Okay. I, I, I created it. Yes. Of course. (laughs) It's proprietary. Yeah. So not everyone probably knows the wheel with all the spokes and the concepts. So why don't you just give a concept? So the wheel of life is usually you'll see it with between like five to 10 spokes and each spoke is a different area of your life, relationships, fun, health, sleep, exercise, job, whatever, like all of these things. And you are supposed to when you rank each one on a scale from like one to 10, like one is down at the bottom and 10 is at the top of the wheel. Mm-hmm. And the idea is to have a balanced wheel. Right. So maybe not everything's a 10 and hopefully not everything's a one, but the idea is to have a balanced wheel. But the the one that I use with my clients was 24 spokes. I'm really interested in that. I have to do something with these dogs. Can I, I have to either give them what, it'll take me two minutes. All right. So the spokes of, on the wheel of life, right? They're supposed to be balanced. We already talked about that. Right. Um, what were we talking about before that? About which area of your life you think you need to work on for you? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Um, I think for me, when I think about the 24 spokes that I have. <laughs> I'm really curious to know all these 24 po- spokes. Let's put it in the podcast notes. Yeah. Can we? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's proprietary for you, though. Your coaching business. Yeah. I mean, it's it's proprietary in that like I'm the one that came up with this version with these specific 24 things. The wheel of life is like not, right. I don't even know if that's at this point, if that's proprietary to anybody. Well, so I feel like every coaching practice has something like it. Yeah. I think I learned it when I took the classic group. Like yeah. Chow ben Shahar, Harvard, yeah. right. Positive psychology. Yeah. Excuse me. So, I think for me, I think the biggest one that I need to work on right now is honestly probably finances. We've been talking about that That's a lot. Like buying, buying CDs or whatever. Like, um, I think for me, I just, I just really like to buy stuff. That's, I think the biggest issue for me, right? It's like, and my portfolio is also definitely not very diverse, but, um, I'm self-employed, so we're working on that. But um, I think just being, it's, I think it's less about finances and I would take it a step even further, like dial it down even more to, or drill down even more to say that it's conscious spending. That's actually what I think my biggest thing needs to be. Well, that's the beginning of everything is the conscious, bringing the conscious, bringing the awareness. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I say this all the time. If everyone in the world could just become 1% more aware, conscious 
of their actions of themselves it would i think the world would be a better place so we talked about the podcast having like a slight wellness slant Mm-hmm. We talk about all of these different aspects of wellness and the one thing, like, I want to know one thing that you've done recently that you feel like has really improved some aspect of your wellness. Oh my gosh. Okay. I do want to talk about this. I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked me that question because I have my whole life been challenged with keeping a healthy weight since I was literally in first grade. I'm not kidding. At this point, I don't see it as positive or negative. It's just a thing. I just work on it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm happy with it. I'll talk about my weight. I'll talk about what I'm doing. I'm always doing something trying to, um, improve, but most recently exercise. So I went through a period of time where I worked out with a trainer three days a week for about two and a half ish years. Um, then I had a health issue and abandoned that and hadn't gotten back on the track. And so June 27th. I started, I committed to 30, 30 minutes a day. We're into late September at this point. Right. So it's been months and I feel like this habit, you know, this is the thing that I have to remind myself of when it feels like a grind and there's science behind this. I'm sure Hugo Grimm could speak to in the beginning or our dude with atomic habits that we're in love with too. James Clear. Thank you. It feels like a grind in the beginning, but then at some point it does start to get that self-reinforcement. Oh yeah. And so I'm self-reinforced now. So I wake up in the morning and it feels super weird. Like today, for example. Oh my God, it's two o'clock and we haven't worked out yet. Super weird that I haven't worked out. I mean, because my, my blueprint now is I'm an early riser. Mm -hmm. I wake up and if I'm at home, go upstairs, ride the Peloton for 30 minutes and it's enjoyable. I love my time on the Peloton. And then if I'm here, I'm either playing pickleball or I'm riding my bikes or I'm walking on the beach or, you know, doing something like that. So, um, yeah, the other thing that occurs to me, and this is mindset, this speaks to mindset. Sometimes I'll look at something that I want to do or that I want to stop related to a habit. And I'll think to myself, oh, damn, I don't, I've tried it before. I haven't done it. I, you know, and you get that learned helplessness, right? That's mm-hmm. a, it's a thing when you, well, that's Martin Seligman, right? Like that's yeah. like the, the advent the of Godfather. positive psychology. Right. So, yeah. so I can see that. And because I'm educated in that regard with positive psychology, I know what it is. Yeah. And so what I do to combat that is I think to myself, what hard thing have you been successful with in your life? And this is a good technique. Mm. What hard thing have you done? And I can point to like the one that occurs to me right now. I never thought I'd quit smoking. I smoked when I was younger. I smoked for like six years and I quit cold Turkey when I found out I was pregnant with you. I mean, just boom, done. Yeah. And so I quit putting cream in my coffee and sugar. Oh yeah. I don't, I mean, just boom, done. I could Same. not back in the day. I couldn't imagine a minute that I would be going through Dunkin' Donuts and not asking for extra cream, regular sugar. Yeah. But like 15 years ago, yeah, I stopped that. So it's possible. And I think we all need to have those successes in our mind as a go-to. 
yeah. just right there anytime we doubt ourselves because that the learned helplessness that is a thing and you want to be super super aware and careful not to fall into that trap yeah yeah i think for me like exercise and movement i really 2020 was really the year that it changed for me because 2019 was like not a great year for me and then right as i started to feel better um the world kind of shut down and i was like I'm not going back. Like, I don't know what forward is, but I am not going back. Right. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, decided to go back to school and just was like, did so well. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I, I did really love school. Yeah. Um, when I went, when I attempted it the second time, yeah. um, college was not my thing when I was 18, but it was my thing when I was 28. Um, so can I interject there for a minute? Because sure. I'm sorry, but I have to say this one thing that my therapist told me years ago Sure. and it was so profound to me. When I was thinking about going back to school in my 20s, late 20s, um, I said, oh, you know, I don't really like school. And she goes, and let's talk about when you decided that. What frame? Put that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So adding context, like if you look at, oh, I don't like something. Well, is that something 20 years ago? It doesn't yeah. mean that you don't like it today. Yeah. So anyhow, sorry. I had to say that. Kevin didn't like mushrooms when we first started dating. <laughs> Eat mushrooms all the time now. Really? Yeah. I have the best way to cook mushrooms. Well, if I like you know cook what? his food, I'm like, you're eating, you're eating it. mushrooms. But and he, he likes it. And he likes it. And he's like, oh my God, it's delicious. People yeah. who don't like mushrooms don't know how to cook them. They cook them so that they boil them and then they're all like slimy in water. Don't cook your mushrooms like saute. that. You got to just Yeah, you got to get the everything. water out of them. Saute. And then you put a little bit of oil and you, you don't fry yeah. them, but you saute them. Yeah, delicious. Okay, um, sorry. Yeah, rabbit so holes. I think movement for me, it happened in 2020, right? When I was like, okay, my, as the, the world is shutting down, my world was kind of opening up because I quit working. Yeah. I went back to school and I had all of this time that all of a sudden I was in charge of how it was going to be structured. Right. So, and I had this frame, speaking of like your frame, right? Like I had this frame of like, now is my chance to figure out how to get it right. Because if I'm not conscious about this, it's not going to be good. Okay, I don't know that you mental never health told wise. That. That's oh, powerful yeah. that I mean, you were the, conscious of that in that moment. I mean, the timeline was I was probably low grade clinically depressed yeah. from the time I was 24 till the time I was 27, and then when I was 27, my cat died, and that like threw me over the edge. Yeah. Well, you lost your you lost your Mimi. You lost my mom. In 2012. Right. But I feel like that was... Well, that's... Yeah. I don't know that you ever processed that grief, but that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. But so the cat... The, the, the death of the cat really threw me over the edge because it was totally unexpected. And I don't know that I necessarily wanted to like harm myself or kill myself, but I do know that I didn't want to live. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Like there was never a thought of like, I could step out into traffic or I could go find some pills and overdose. There was never that thought, but there was the thought every single day of like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do anything. I just want to be in my bed. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so I finally, you know, it's really amazing how easy it is to like hide this. Um, even when you are actively going to therapy every single week, it's mm -hmm. really easy to lie to your therapist for one hour every single week. And that's mm -hmm. what I did for years but it got to the point where it was so bad that my partner was like basically 
he basically gave me an ultimatum and I hate saying that because that sounds so harsh because he wasn't like, if you don't fix this, I'm going to leave you. Like it wasn't, that wasn't the conversation, but it was like kind of the loving version of that. Yeah, but don't right? you mean, I think most people need some kind of a yeah. catalyst. Like we were talking 100%. about Rich Roll and how inspirational he is, but there was a catalyst for him. Well, Mel Robbins, there was a catalyst for her. Like yeah. everyone, there's a catalyst for big change normally. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was that conversation. I mean, that, and that conversation happened over weeks. And then what it really was, was he went to you. And that's when I was like, oh, you drug my mom into this. Yeah. That's not yeah. okay. And because it was easy to hide from my therapist. It was easy to hide from you. You're 3,000 miles away. Yeah. You know, and you knew I wasn't thriving, but you didn't know that I was like not doing well at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because we were seeing each other then. But it was, you know, yeah, a week you would Not come even. here. Oh, my God. I would fly down. I would take the red eye on, like, a Wednesday or a Thursday night, and I would fly back Sunday night so I could be at work on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I would take, like, a day off of work. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was in October of 2019 mm-hmm. that I was finally honest with my therapist, finally went to my doctor and was honest with him. And got put on Prozac. In fact, I think it was Halloween. Well, it was a couple of days before Halloween because we had some friends over for Halloween. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was like, I didn't want to tell anybody because I just was like, wasn't sure how the medication was going to affect me. But I remember my friend Charlotte and like the boys were like watching the movie or whatever. And we were in the kitchen, like doing girl stuff, opening a bottle of wine or something. I don't know what we were doing, but I was like, oh my God, Charlotte, like I started this new medication and I feel insane. Like, I feel like I'm outside of my body. I feel crazy. And then I actually did start having suicidal ideations, but that's a side effect of the medication. Hmm. And my doctor told me, he was like, if I thought you were actually going to, like, act on anything, I wouldn't prescribe you this because it's a real thing that happens. The first, like, 10 days to two weeks on Prozac, it happens. It's, like, it's well-documented, right? So... Uh, but that happened for me. And I was like, oh my God, it's just, I just feel like crazy. But my doctor told me if I can get through two weeks, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I got through those two weeks. And then, and then that was, you know, November. And then Christmas happened. And I felt great at Christmas. Like that was the year that I was making, like I made the, um, I made the pie, the, oh, the custard, the, yeah. yeah. Um, the milk bar pie. That's it. I couldn't think of it yeah. in New York. I the made milk the pie. Bar, yeah. And like things were going so well and I was starting to get like kind of reinvigorated for work. I lost a bunch of weight, which is not something that really happens when you start um, antidepressants. Like unless you or me apparently and you had zero willpower whatsoever. So you just ate everything all day. And then as soon as you started feeling a little bit better, I had a little more willpower. And I was like, oh my God, I I don't need to eat a box of noodles every night for well, dinner. That's why I lost that. I started feeling really great. And then in March, the world shut down and I lost my job. And I was like, if I do not take this opportunity to be conscious about what my next steps were, what are, I'm afraid that I'm going to end up back where I was mid 2019. So you were super, because I know, I know. I was like so afraid of going back. Yeah, I know the transition between the October 19 and the March 20, but I didn't realize that 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 was when COVID happened. You know, I was at home in Florida 
surgery center. I had to shut the surgery center down. I I was working from the backyard, which it was beautiful outside. I, know, I really literally, nice. I had to go buy um, more than um, one set of, I had to ship, have them shipped in because um, mm-hmm. you couldn't go buy anything, but I had to um, get more than one pair of those because they would go dead because I was on the phone your all AirPods, day long. Right. AirPods, yeah. So um, for work. So yeah, I spent six weeks in my backyard working, which was super, yeah. but I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was a really deliberate um, transition or moment for you. That's really when I fell in love with movement. Like I'd always exercised like a little bit and I'd had my my you know periods of like going to the gym every day and working out really hard but yeah. like that just wasn't sustainable for me um at least not the type of movement I hadn't found anything that I really enjoyed and I'm really not the kind of person that can just like strong arm myself into doing something that I don't like at least a little bit yeah. you know um so I needed to find something that I really liked and in 2020 I mean it was just going for walks that was like, cause I wasn't going to a gym. I wasn't going, I'm not, I don't leave in my house, right? Like I'm really like early COVID. Like, yeah, but a lot of times that's how it starts, right? Well, exactly Is that you plant yeah. the seed and then that seed starts to grow and you're like, okay, I can well, walk faster. I can jog. Well, I that's can... exactly what happened. So I was going out every day around like lunchtime um, to go for a walk and I was wearing like Converse. I was just like slipping on a pair of shoes and going for a walk. And then after I did that for a couple of weeks, I was like, Maybe if I wore actual walking shoes, yeah. this would be a little more, you know, it would just make it that much more enjoyable. But I loved it. I would listen to a podcast. I would listen to music, whatever. I would just go enjoy. And it was spring, right? It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. The first six weeks of COVID were beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was driving anywhere. So it was quiet. Um, so then I actually started wearing like walking shoes. And then after a while, after a couple of weeks of that, I walked down to the beach. I live really close to a beach, but I live at the top of a huge hill. And so walking down to the beach, no big deal. Walking back up from the beach can be difficult. And I was like, I wonder if I could do that. And I did. And I mean, it was like pretty hard and I like huffed and puffed, but I did it. Um, And then a couple of weeks after that, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to jog. And by July or August, probably. So just, it was just a couple of months of 2020. Mm-hmm. I was running a 5k every day. Yeah. So I think, I think that everything happens for a reason. If you can keep that mindset, you yeah. know what I mean? If you can keep, and that's part of positive psychology, maybe. So have we defined positive psychology because the, the science of thriving? Yeah. The science so, of human flourishing. And it's that's a, really the most simple way to put it. It's a really, it's a relatively new yeah. science because, and Martin Seligman is mm-hmm. the, um, the founder and the, one of the founders. Um, yes. And his other Chris person died. Yes. Yeah. So basically before positive psychology, psychology was all based, was all focused around the problems. Curing mental illness. Right. And so what Marty Seligman did and his, um, and his, his partner at the time, um, in academia at UPenn, were they both at UPenn? Mm -hmm. Um, they looked at, okay, well, if the baseline can just be no mental illness, how can we improve the baseline? How can we flourish? What can we do? What, and you know, the most common interventions are, everyone knows like random acts of kindness, practice gratitude, right? Practice gratitude that'll make you happier. Yeah. There are literally 
hundreds yeah. of different interventions. And they have a textbook full of them. Right. Yeah. That you can do to flourish in your life. So yeah. it's so interesting. Yeah. And what you're describing, it sounds like that you um, you planted a seed and then it it continued to develop and you continued to um, to work on it. And yeah. what wow. and that's kind of why I became a life coach, right? And now I have this like added incentive to live my best life and like be the best version of myself that I can be because I don't, even though as a life coach, in case the ICF is listening, it is not my job to tell my clients what to do. And I don't tell them what to do. That is not my role as their coach. I am not a mentor. I am a coach, right? Okay. Um, so your ICF, so when you say ICF, that the International stands for... Coaching Federation. Okay. So that's gold standard with coaching. Yeah. That, that, um, that certification that you have. So we both have certifications. Yeah. I'm a corporate coach. It is not through ICF. Great program. And I think that I just wanted to, I just wanted to add that distinction though, because your program was longer and certainly more um, comprehensive than, than what I did. Yeah. But I think Defining the role of coaching is so important, Danielle, because, you know, I'll be at dinner and like Lana asked me the other night, she said, well, what, what is, what does Danielle do? Yeah. And I'm a partner. I am an yes. equal to my clients. I am not above them. I do not know more than them. Um, oh, you know more about positive psychology. About themselves. Okay. My clients know themselves better than anyone else on this planet could possibly ever know them mm -hmm. right and because of that they are the expert in themselves it is just my job to help them understand themselves better and how to optimize their strengths to get to where they want to go that's interesting yes. yeah that's yeah interesting. so i never so my point with what i was going to say though was like i don't i never tell my clients what to do that is not my role as their coach but i do have the incentive to exercise and eat well and get good sleep mm. and go stare at the sun in the morning right because i have no business guiding people how to live their best life if i'm not doing it myself testify 100 agree yeah 100 agree and i think that that's probably the best way to influence anyone in the world to, is to wear it well to lead by example right to wear it yeah, well sure. and you can't tell people what to do but if yeah. they look at you and go wow she looks happy or she looks you know um that's how you spread the word i think yeah what wait did we talk about the thing what's the one thing that you need to do to improve on or what's on what you're working on. Like what's, that was not a great way to phrase that question, but you know what I'm asking. Yeah. What's one thing that you want to do like in the next week that's going to make you feel like you're making progress towards your goals? Well, the, okay. So I kind of have an initiative right now. All the things that I need to do to live my best life is what I'm living on and where I'm working on right now. But what's one thing? There's that's a whole so checklist every things. day. Fuck the checklist. What's one thing? The most challenging thing right now on that checklist is something that I love and I can't figure out operationally how to incorporate it in my life. And it's something that I've been trying to do for probably three or four months now. Okay. 
my meditation practice. Oh yeah. So I have been often, I, I haven't consistently every single day meditated. Yeah. And you know, when I had that health issue eight years ago, I, one of the first things I did was I called my therapist who's in Gainesville and I said, I need meditation to get through this next three months. Yeah. What kind of meditation should I do? Where, give me a resource. And she said, transcendental meditation, that's the gold standard. It's not a quick you know, process. You have to be trained. You have to take a class. There were no classes available. I literally went and did private sessions so that I could get it done. And I love it. I, yeah. I do transcend. I mean, I, I, you know, I get teased about this, but like I, my energy joins the universal energy. Yeah. Like I go there. Um, my dogs are an obstacle. God. I know. Yeah. The dogs are the worst. They're a pain in the ass. When it comes to the, yeah, that's awful. I mean, I love them. Can you do it at but, night before bed? They're pretty chill at night. Well, until they're not, until there's a cat in the backyard. And then there's nothing worse than being in the middle of a meditation and having oh, a, yeah. I mean. So you need to go upstairs. Yeah. Just that's like you do what I've done. the Peloton, you need to go upstairs. So that's what I've done in the past yeah. um, to make it happen. And so I just need, I just need to do that. I mean, yeah. What occurs to me is, you know, I was listening to um, to Mickey Singer, who I love, who is a um, just a wise sage, and I'm so grateful that his name and his his teachings are out there to the mainstream now. I mean, yeah. this is a guy who I met back in the 80s, 90s, early 90s. Um, owner of a big software, medical software company, um, developed in Alachua, and um, He's just amazing. He's a, he he goes under Michael Singer. His his teachings are Michael Singer, but Michael A. Singer. Um, Untethered Soul is probably his most popular book. But he in I think in that book, maybe in his other book, he talks about his wanting, longing to meditate back in the 70s when he first started to work on himself spiritually. And he said, I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to be near anybody. I just wanted to be in my, you know, zone at home meditating. And I feel like that. I feel like, hey, I don't want to, not all day, every day, but I want to be meditating. I don't want, but it's so hard to incorporate in yeah, my life. Yeah, so what's, what's the one thing... What's one thing that's holding you back? The dogs. Yeah. And so I what, love my dogs. Of course. So what are you going to do about it though? Well, the only thing I can do about it is I think I'm going to have to go upstairs and meditate at night. Right. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I do, I, as we're talking about it, I can feel a couple of different things, obstacles, but yeah. I think I can try to sort those out. But yeah, I need to do that because I, I love it. It's so good for you too. I mean, the science behind, there's so much data behind meditation. It's amazing. Okay. Back at you. What's one thing? I think, well, I mean, I was talking about like conscious spending as being my like one thing, but I've already kind of been working on that. Yeah. Um, I've already been actually working that on a lot. One of the things that I've been doing, I think we live in this like instant gratification society um, where if I want something, like I just go on Amazon and buy it. And then tomorrow it's at my door, right? Life today. Um, yeah. Which on the one hand, that's really convenient. Right. So there is, there is like a convenience aspect to it when you legitimately need something. I love it. But what I've been doing instead is every time I've been thinking like, oh, I really want something. I'm either just like adding it to my cart, but not buying it. Or I'm like taking the link to it and putting it in a note on my phone. 
And the note on my phone may or may not become my Christmas list. That's what you said when you first got here this this time. May or may not become my Christmas list, yeah. but that is neither here nor there. Sounds like it's going to cost me more money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what actually the putting things in my cart is actually really helpful because then when I go to Amazon, when I actually need something to buy, like I need, like, I don't know, like the dog food or whatever, we buy it on Amazon. Um, then I log in. And where yeah. I just open the app, I don't log in. But then I like go to my cart and I'm like, why is my cart $273? I was like, oh, because I put all this shit in there last week that I thought I really wanted. And I did. And I don't. I don't need it. And I delete it. Like one of the things that happened to me a couple of weeks ago is I decided I wanted to change all the light switch covers in the house. I just thought it would look nice. I don't know. I wanted like period specific light switch covers this that would is match. people have full-time jobs doing when the house was built so they're not thinking of all this stupid shit to buy okay <laughs> miss you have a full-time job but you are buying a, a, a i'm looking at the thing a curtain a drop down curtain i'm just saying you do still have a full-time job and you still think of shit to buy that's what i, I need say. that though so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when i do then need the thing though i go and i'm like i don't need all this crap and i don't want to spend all this money this is stupid money Good. I don't do it. Um, but so that's just kind of, that's kind of my strategy there. I think the thing that I really want to work on, I actually kind of want to do this tomorrow. I kind of want to get back to my, like, my, like, home routine. Like, I want to wake up on time tomorrow. I want to sleep in. Mm-hmm. I want to wake up on time. And I want to go to the gym in the morning. Yeah. It's so weird for me now not to go to the gym. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to say wanna... it's anxiety that it causes, but it causes me concern that it is 2.35 yeah, in the afternoon and I have not worked out. Yeah, we need to work out in the mornings. We're yeah. not evening. And if you yeah. are an evening workout person, fine. No, not just... fine because you're really not supposed to work out before you go to sleep. You're not going to sleep as well. Well, if you're exercising at all, I think exercise. I mean, if you're not going to exercise at all, if that's your only opportunity. Yeah. But if you have a ring, it will tell you you shouldn't drink. What kind of ring? (laughs) Or a ring. Yeah. But you shouldn't drink. You can't eat late. You shouldn't work out late at night. See, and I think, I mean, yes, but I also feel like I can't be totally that restrictive. Like when Peter Atia talks about like not drinking alcohol and he's like, but I do still drink. Like not a lot, but every once in a while. But that's how I am. I know that there are things that I should be doing to be perfect but i don't want to be perfect i want to enjoy my life so if that if if i'm someone who doesn't want to wake up an hour early to go exercise and i'd rather work out at night then like fine that's not perfect but that's fine i'm not that rigid but but for me i am a morning exerciser that's when i like to work out because that just gets my day started off on the right yeah me too i get it out of the way right and then i'm just ready to do my i'm ready to start my day so i want to do that like tomorrow i actually think that's the one thing i want to do okay is i want to like be at the gym at like 7 45 tomorrow morning okay because i usually work out at seven okay but i'm on the east coast now when i go back to the west coast i don't need to be thinking my body doesn't need to be thinking that i need to work out at 5 a.m you yeah. know so that's why i'm thinking like 7 45 8 to yeah. He's back into it, but I think that's the one thing I want to work on. No, I can do that. I can yeah. do that. Um, I know we're wrapping up. It feels like we're wrapping up. I didn't get a chance to talk about Arthur Brooks. I didn't get a chance to talk about that's okay. Rhonda Patrick and her new person that she just talked to. I mean, there's a lot. So we listen to a lot of podcasts. I know. And we do but a jo- lot of the joke is health and yeah. stuff. 
in the in in our family um if i say last night i was <laughs> someone will say fill in the blank listening, listening to, to a, a podcast, podcast. <laughs> yeah well because okay tony robbins talks about this i think he calls it net time no extra time like you can be doing in the morning i'm doing stuff i'm getting ready i'm yeah. feeding the dogs i'm you know but i have my earbud in and i'm listening so yeah. and why not listen to something that's going to maybe um help you improve your life somehow yeah yeah 100% like our podcast exactly yeah <laughs> exactly all right well episode 1 over and out done it went away. I don't know. Hold on. I'll just do it.